Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Max Hers, the play-by-play broadcaster for the Vandy Boys on ESPN+. We preview... The week ahead at Hoover in the SEC tournament, Christian Little will be on the bump Wednesday against the winner of Ole Miss and Auburn. We ask Max about Tim Corbin's comments about Tennessee winning the East. The Vols are halfway to the hill. We'll see where both those teams are in the postseason and who's in Omaha. We've got all that postseason baseball preview coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome back into The Door Report. It is episode 86 on a Tuesday, May 25th, 2021, we are, as always, presented by Alaco Finewood Floors. And, Will, it's time for some postseason baseball with the SEC tournament beginning today, rolling on all the way through Sunday. If you're a college baseball fan, even if you're a college sports fan in general, this is a time of year to be glued to your television set. You've got Memorial Day weekend as well coming up, so big plans for everyone. Will, I mean – there's, there's no better time of year for a college baseball fan, and especially as a Vandy fan. This is when it starts heating up, and it starts uh, tomorrow, Wednesday night, when Vanderbilt plays the winner of Ole Miss Auburn. So uh, Vandy's going to – they're getting heat, heated up right now. So, so uh, it's going to be fun to watch to see, see, uh, see what they're able to do. Yeah, year after year, it feels like we always have concerns going into this time of the year. And then Tim Corbin, some years it doesn't work out. It's not going to work out every year. But Tim Corbin's been messing with things all throughout the year. And this is usually when he when he's able to put it all together. But college baseball, man, there, there's really nothing like it that nobody pays attention to the regular season unless you're a diehard fan. Mm-hmm. And then in postseason play, everybody jumps into it. It's, it's even more right. extreme than how college basketball is with March Madness. So... This is definitely an exciting time of year, and these guys are on the national stage, and and hopefully they're able to perform. I love it. A great guy that we got to get on, I think, as it rolls on, is Ben Mintz again one more time just to, yep. to, to hear his voice again. Uh, we got a lot uh, to preview. SEC tournament, of course, uh, has began. Uh, we will talk a little bit about Kentucky, kind of that collapse on Saturday uh, in Game 3. We'll also give an injury report on Troy Leneve and Carter Young. Christian Little will head to the mound on Wednesday night against uh, either Ole Miss or Auburn, so we'll touch a little bit on that. Will has his SEC tournament favorite odds, so we will uh, reveal those. Uh, not directly from him, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't make him up, guys, so don't... <laughs> I'm not an odds uh, maker. Yeah, maybe down the road. That'd be cool. But uh, Vandy boys, uh, they had a lot of honors. Uh, Troy Leneve, SEC Player of the Week last week. Bradfield, Freshman of the Year, no surprise. Jack Leiter, newcomer 
of the year. Kumar Rocker was on the first team. I will touch a little bit on a few more of those. And Max Hers. I uh, had a great talk with him. We'll, we'll uh, roll into that a little bit later. But before we get to breaking news, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, Will, it's time for breaking news. Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter living in Westmead, the Recycling Dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. All right, Will, welcome to one of the best times of the year. For a sports fan, more particular, a college sports fan, it's time for a little postseason baseball, and it begins in Hoover this week. It's going to be a fun tournament, as it always is every year, but I think this one's going to be more fun in particular because of all the COVID restrictions most of the season. I mean, you saw a lot of ballparks with some with a lot of fans, but now in Hoover, they're opening the gates, and there's going to be a flood of SEC fans going in, a lot of Arkansas fans, a lot of everyone. Uh, so, you know, a lot of Vandy fans make the trip uh, as well. So, Will, real quick here, I don't want to dwell too much on this, like Tim Corbin probably doesn't either, but – uh, the series was lost. They're not series is won. The game series was lost. The game was lost on Saturday. Thank God, uh, series wasn't lost. Kind of they just kind of collapsed on Saturday. Will uh, snowball effect uh, was in play. Um, atmosphere was great. Uh, I know you were able to go Thursday night, uh, and and you know we were all able to make it. I wish you would have gotten in the picture, uh, the photo op, but uh, we we will get uh, we'll get you in there uh, here down the road. But uh, they definitely showed up in force. Uh, Rocker and Lighter, they got the job done game one and two, and the bats were just enough. There wasn't a ton of offense in those games, as you saw, Will. Uh, Troy Leneve had the walk-off, which was insane, uh, on Thursday night. And then Friday rolled in, uh, able to get eight runs on the board. But game three, Saturday, well, matinee action at the Hawk. It was a hot one. I was there for it. Uh, and Vanderbilt was – they were rolling. Pat Riley started slow, but for Vanderbilt to, to go into the ninth up by two, you thought, hey – they got the East title, they got the sweep, and they got the two seed uh, in the SEC tournament. Five second, five minutes later, no, you don't. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, Kentucky just ended up hitting a bomb into in right field. And, you know, even if even if Vanderbilt, you know, was able to, to win that game and, and you know, and, and get, the, get the two seed, I think Corbs, you know, he didn't like the fact that he lost, but they, they learned a lot. So um, I guess, Will, you know, he learned about his, a lot about his team this weekend, but obviously you want to you win the series, right? Yeah, you, you won the series, um, and Tennessee fans won the SEC Eastern Division and made shirts, and it was actually my uh, 24th when, uh... birthday was Sunday. So I actually uh, was oh, yeah. at Happy the games on th- Yeah, appreciate it. I was I was at the games on Thursday and Friday. Um, I got to see the walk off from Leneve, and he actually hit the walk off one section over from where I was sitting. So it was yes. a pretty awesome angle on that. But unfortunately, I was sitting there with Tennessee fans um, on what? Saturday, 
And they, and when Vanderbilt fell apart in, in those, in that late inning, that it was not pleasant to be around them. But I don't think Billy, one thing, I'm just really sad that we missed out on Vanderbilt making SEC Eastern division champ baseball championship shirts. Oh yeah. Um, because it, it, if, Vanderbilt would have followed the path of Tennessee. We'd, we'd have some pretty cool new additions to our I, wardrobe. Will, right <laughs> when does the DVD, co- the commemorative DVD come out? For That's what I'm waiting on, the commemorative DVD, and you've got to get a commemorative baseball in one yeah. of those plastic and, and get a little well, bit of so. get a little bit, bit of the grass from the hawk because that's where <laughs> yes. it happened. Uh, so uh, thanks to Kentucky. And I think well, they also need they, – Tennessee fans also need to give thanks to Alabama – um, and the weather, so right, they need to right. thank them for having allowing Vanderbilt to have one less game played because if Vanderbilt plays that game and wins, they have the tiebreak over Tennessee, and then they win SEC Eastern the do- Division. The, do- the documentary is going to be really fun to watch. Oh, uh, that ESPN 30 for 30 on, on yeah. this Eastern Division title is going to be something else. Well, also, I mean, you know, you talked about <laughs> Tennessee and, and for the Vols. I mean, this is huge. This is history uh, for, for Tennessee baseball, winning the SEC East. Um, so congrats to the Vols. Um, you know, it's, 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 I mean, I don't know the last time it's, I think it feels like, uh, what do they say? 97 was the last time. It was like 98, baby. Oh uh, yeah. feels like 98 for Tennessee baseball, but, uh, yeah. So Vanderbilt, they missed out on the East, but, uh, you know, regional, super regional Omaha is, is really what, what matters, uh, especially for the, for Tim Corbin's team and teams and Max Hurst touched on it. Um, so it, it's really going to be interesting to see how this team is able to learn from that and, and see, uh, see, like, like we said, there's a lot of room to grow. There's a lot of good baseball ahead of this team. So, uh, again, we're not going to dwell too much at Kentucky ended up losing five, uh, or seven to five. Uh, they had one run there late, but, uh, again, Troy Laniv was a guy that actually went down, uh, which was another just blow, uh, in that inning. Uh, that kind of snowballed, but we also have Carter Young still out. Uh, Braden McPherson, as we roll on to the next topic, uh, had a great story on the website. Uh, the MRI, MRI for Carter Young showed uh, little damage to his left shoulder, and he ended up sitting out last weekend's uh, series against Kentucky. His status for the SEC tournament is still questionable. Um, I, I, we don't need him. I mean, if we want to go and win the tournament, you know, it, it would be nice to have him. But for, for Corbin right now, rest Carter Young, get him, get him healthy for the regional. And I think a lot of Andy fans will be happy with that. Yeah, I would, I would love to see this team just a little bit healthier. The injury bug seems to be biting every single Vanderbilt sport. I don't know what they're putting in the food in the cafeteria there in the water, but it yeah, seems like as of late, it, we, we really don't need an injury curse on top of everything else in Vanderbilt athletics right now. So th- this trend is worrisome for me. But yeah, Carter Young, I really doubt we'll see him down in Hoover. I think we'll probably be able to see Laneve because his was likely from from everything we've seen just a turned or sprained ankle. So mm. something they need to keep an eye on, and but but not anything too severe. But Carter Young, I'd be pretty shocked if the, if we see him at all down there. Um, but but looking forward to these matchups and keep in mind that. Um, Vanderbilt will play the winner of the matchup tonight, Auburn Ole Miss. I'm sure yes. we'll hit on the schedule a little bit later, but uh, just keep an eye on those those matchups. They're already going on right now, and, and game one of the SEC tournament's actually already uh, finished up, final. Love it, love it. An SEC tournament, it, it's it's really one of the more fun times of the week is so many games. I think Max talked mm-hmm. about it, 28, because <laughs> you get into double elimination uh, later in the week. With a, you got four, uh, several games every day. Uh, so Carter Young, uh, update on him, you know, we, we likely won't see him in Hoover, but again, for the regional, uh, that's what we're all looking forward to. 
Troy Laniv obviously went down in, in pretty, you know, pretty serious pain, it looked like, uh, but he was eventually helped off. So uh, he's good to go. You know, a couple sources and Corbin actually said it this morning in an interview um, on the radio. But and also will Ethan Smith. When are we going to see him? Uh, his last appearance was at LSU. Uh, Corbin talked about it. We could see him uh, in action uh, in Hoover as well. Just a little bit of you know action and, and, and obviously maybe not in a clutch situation, but to get him back would be huge. Uh, down the road in the postseason. All right, Will, you talked about the SEC tournament and uh, some of the games going on. Arkansas, obviously, if they win and Vanderbilt wins, they will get together and play Thursday night, and and they are two of the teams with the highest odds to win. So, Will, let's run it off here. Uh, Who's going to win this tournament? What's what's Vegas saying? Well, these odds are not easy to find because NCAA baseball is shockingly not a heavily bet sport. And it's scratch so, and claw for these. So I've I've got the top three odds from these are for actually from BetMGM. So the the f- favorite according to them is Arkansas at plus three hundred, so three to one. Tennessee plus three fifty, and coming in in that third slot is Vanderbilt at plus four hundred, so four to one. Wow, um, is where they are at. And I think when looking at those odds, a lot of that has to do with the amount of effort that is going to be placed and how they utilize their pitching staff and pitching rotations um, and lineups. And I think Vegas is probably looking at those teams and saying Tennessee's probably based on the t-shirts they made for winning the SEC <laughs> division is probably going to push for an SEC tournament championship a little bit harder than a team like Vanderbilt that's here year in, year out, and is really just gearing up for the real postseason. Um, beginning very soon. Tennessee's going to have, like, I think they're going to have a parade and they're just going to be too tired from that to even play <laughs> in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> they're going to be, they're going to have all their energy built up and then uh, bam. Oh, we have an, we have a, po- we have an, another tournament to play in. Uh, and that's the one that Tim Corbin was talking about. Uh, he remarked, we'll, we'll touch on uh, his comments about, you know, getting halfway up the hill and uh, you're not done yet. So, so Vanderbilt still obviously with a lot to play for, even though they did not take the East uh, but yeah, Arkansas 300, Tennessee plus 350, and Vanderbilt plus 400. Tennessee above Vandy. Uh, it's going to be fun to see if those te- two teams get together uh, in, in Hoover. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple more uh, topics here. Christian Little on the mound uh, Wednesday night. We touched on that a little bit earlier. Huge opportunity for this 17 year old freshman. Uh, so young. And being able to get this um, chance is huge for him. Really excited to see what he brings uh, on Wednesday. His mom actually quote tweeted our tweet and uh, it got a lot of action. It got a lot of coverage. Uh, She said Christian opted out of his senior year and high school graduation for this moment right here. So, um, you know, he definitely deserves it, no doubt. And uh, it's going to be huge, Will. So if he can put together five, six, maybe seven good innings, Vanderbilt, you know, they should feel pretty confident Wednesday night, I think. Yeah, we talked about it with Max in the interview in segment two, but <clears throat> I'll be I'll be curious if Tim Corbin has locked down that we know one and two are rocker and lighter. Mm-hmm. But number three, Riley didn't have a bad performance whatsoever against Kentucky on Saturday in the loss, nah. but he hasn't exactly solidified that spot in a make or break situation. I think there's a lot of doubts in Tim Corbin's mind about three, four, and five and where those mm-hmm. guys fall in there. And it will be interesting to watch when we actually get into regional play, who are in those spots. And if this is actually a sort of tryout here for Christian Little to see if he can move up in that rotation is really nobody's kind of stepped up in that spot. Nobody's been awful. Nobody's been terrible. 
but nobody's been good enough that you say this guy solidified his spot in that rotation. Yeah, and I think what Corbs is doing, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to predict what 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 he's doing or anything, but I, I think Corbs is looking at this as as like you said, Will, a tryout, uh, a tryout for Christian Little, and, and saying, hey, whoever he's throwing uh, on Wednesday night, uh, it, it seems like he, okay, we'll see if you have it, and, and if you bring it Wednesday night, you're going to be our game three guy, and I think that's what Corbs is doing. Um, again, who who knows uh, the, the thought process there? We actually asked Max Hers about it uh, coming up, but uh, yeah, Christian Little will be on the mound Wednesday night. He will face the winner of Ole Miss and Auburn. Ole Miss and Auburn actually uh, will be playing tonight, uh, Tuesday night, uh, here in Hoover. Rolling on, uh, one more topic uh, to get to here before we get to Max Hers. Several Vandy boys were honored. Uh, last week, Troy Laneve, because of his performance against uh, the Kentucky Wildcats, his walk-off on Thursday night, which was electric, by the way, kind of blew the roof off, uh, per se, of Hawkins Field. SEC Player of the Week for Troy Laniv, the Pittsburgh native. Enrique Bradfield Jr. was named Freshman of the Year. And Jack Leiter was named Newcomer of the Year. So uh, those are the main award honors. Kumar Rocker, no surprise here, was on the first team, one of the first team pitchers. And uh, many more. You also had Carter Young on the all-newcomer team. And Jack Bolger was also on the freshman all-SEC team alongside uh, Brad Field Jr. Jack Leiter, he was tabbed the SEC Newcomer of the Year, while uh, Brad Field Jr. was Freshman of the Year. Easy decision, as we just talked about. Uh, the trio, though, of Leiter, Bradfield, and Rocker were each named to the all-SEC first team, and those are the three guys that have consisted of, of kind of the meat and potatoes of this team, <laughs> if you will. Uh, Rocker and Leiter finished first and second in the conference in total strikeouts to end the regular season. They combined for 256 strikeouts, which is unreal uh, to think about. So uh, those are kind of the, the two guys. If they win, Vanderbilt wins. You know, if, if, if they pitch well, Vanderbilt is, is, is playing well and staying hot. Talked about the duo of Bradfield and Bolger. They were both on the freshman All-SEC team. Big time for Jack Bolger. Um, they call him Tony Montana on the team, his nickname, and he, he's he's able to hit 297 on the season, five home runs. He's 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 had some big hits in big spots. He had one up the middle against Kentucky. He also had a big time hit against Ole Miss. Uh, so maybe Bolger can can keep it rolling for the Vandy boys. Uh, Bradfield served as the lone uh, Vandy boy on the SEC All Defensive Team. And Bradfield, here's a quick stat for you, stat of the day. Maybe we need to start that. Uh, Bradfield became the third Commodore in program history to win freshman of the year. And first since Tony Kemp in 2011, he ranks among the top three in the SEC across four different offensive categories, which is crazy to think about. First in stolen bases at 42, second in on-base percentage at 478, fourth in batting average at 366. You had an argument, I think, as a Vanderbilt uh, fan that Bradfield could have been named SEC Player of the Year. I think he was right behind Tanner Allen at Mississippi State for winning that. Um, and even some people were griping. We had an LSU fan uh, on Twitter we saw uh, that said Trey Morgan should have won it. But uh, Enrique is no surprise. Easiest decision for for the uh, selection committee there, whoever's making that decision. Uh, so Bradfield Jr., freshman of the year in the SEC, Jack Leiter, newcomer of the year. Real quick here, before we get to Max Hers, we talked a lot about the atmosphere at the Hawk this past weekend uh, against Kentucky. We talked about Tim Corbin's remarks as, um, you know, approaching the SEC tournament after being asked about giving up the East title to Tennessee. 
He had a great quote. We'll ask Max about that uh, going a little bit deeper. Uh, we'll talk a lot more about the SEC tournament, Christian Little pitching on Wednesday night, and when we might see Carter Young and even Ethan Smith uh, here in the postseason for Vanderbilt. So uh, coming right up, Max Hers, the play-by-play broadcaster for ESPN Plus games for Vanderbilt Baseball. He's also the host of the Anchor Down podcast. We got Max Hers coming right up here on the Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Before we get to the interview with Max Hers, the play-by-play broadcaster for the Vandy Boys on ESPN Plus, it's now time to send it over to our presenting sponsor, Alaco Finewood Floors. Here's Gary Scales. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flowing job to Alaco Finewood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Finewood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report. Alongside Will Byram, I'm Billy Derrick as we welcome you back into the interview portion of today's Door Report. Our special guest today is Max Hers. He's the host of the Anchor Down podcast and producer at 1025 The Game here in Nashville. Also, uh, we've been hearing him all season long on SEC Network Plus uh, doing the play-by-play for the Vandy Boys. He's done a tremendous job there with Andrew Harris. Also a 2017 Vanderbilt graduate. You've had him on the show before. Max, it's good to get you back on. Uh, how was the weekend? And I wish you could have been at Hawkins Field to experience the atmosphere, but uh, you guys were still able to cover it. So uh, how, how was how was it this weekend? It was a great way to finish up the season. This was the first SEC series where we got to broadcast all three games on SEC Network Plus. We were going to for Alabama, then that last game get rained out. So kind of felt like we got to finish it up the right way, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, the Alabama series, uh, it's kind of the thorn in the side of the Commodores right now. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. But I do want to ask you about some of Corbin's remarks uh, here in the past few days. He had an awesome remark after being asked about giving up the East title to Tennessee. And he said, do you remember the, the SEC East Division champion in 2014? Probably not. <laughs> but do you remember the national champion? Uh, so I, I know a lot of Vandy fans got a kick out of that. And, and obviously Vanderbilt went on to win the national title that year. But had, do you think he's been a little bit more sarcastic and, and kind of snarky this year? Because I don't remember him, you know, kind of It seems like every press conference. There's something that comes out of it from Corbs that, you know, we just kind of laugh at or either, you know, be like, oh, there's Corbs again going at it. Well, I, I think part of it is he likes playing to an audience. He in, does. Not just in interviews, in anything. I mean, he 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 just likes whether it's cracking jokes or doing something to make somebody laugh or whatever it is. And you don't really have that in the Zoom press conference. So I think he does it almost to entertain himself, but also to elicit a reaction a little bit. So, I mean, I I make every effort I can to listen to every single interview that Tim Corbin does, both in the season and during the off season. I think it's an essential part of what I do, not only to stay informed, but make sure I'm not missing anything and also maybe pick up on some new stuff too, because if he's doing an interview, especially one that isn't about college baseball, like I'll pick up a story from an interview he does on a major league podcast, things like that. So getting to listen to all those interviews and taking the time to do it is, is an important part of what I do. And I think he kind of knows that I know the little things to listen for when he's right. cracking a joke or something like that. Or, but also there's, I mean, a side of it where it's like, I do listen to, every interview he does I'm on every press conference like I shouldn't ask him any dumb questions which maybe occasionally I do and I'll get ripped for it which is fine but uh his his press conferences are amazing um 
I just always say the only bad Tim Corbin interview is one that I haven't listened to yet. So <laughs> um, he, see, he seems like he, he gives you the direct answers. He's like, all right, Max, here, I'll give you it real quick. And, uh, and give you, yeah, give you well, the, the best part, the best part is he's so like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like so kind or smart or whatever it is, even if he's in a bad mood, yeah. he will never like, he will never not answer the question that he's asked. Right. So he will always, even if he doesn't right away, he will come back and answer exactly what you've asked. And I've interviewed a decent amount of people just in my time in sports media in, in seven, eight years covering Vandy sports. Like he will always answer the question that he's asked. He will never dodge a question. Mm -hmm. And even if he doesn't have an answer, he will say like, I can't really answer that. But right. he listens to the question that is asked every single word, which so few people in sports actually do. It's right. unbelievably impressive. It really is. And, and speaking of answering questions, uh, we got a quick answer to who's going to start uh, Wednesday night in Hoover. And it's Christian Little. Uh, the young guy is being sent out to the mound. What a opportunity for him. Uh, I know his mom was actually, she quote tweeted our, our tweet about him. And she said, he's been waiting for this. This is what he, you know, uh, opted out, not opted out of high school for, but left high school early for, um, you know, this is why he's, uh, you know, he is where he is. So uh, why do you think Corbin sent him out uh, for Wednesday night? Well, I think they lined him up for that by starting him last Tuesday against Florida International. And that was a short start. I don't think he passed 70 pitches even, but there was a 13 run inning for his offense during that. So that's a long sit and he's thrown in the bullpen during that. So add that to his pitch count too. But yeah, the, the moment he started that game Tuesday, I, I would have said 90 to 95% certainty that that lines him up to start the first game in Hoover, um, especially if Vandy does get a buy. I mean, Maybe if they're playing single elimination day, they go with somebody else, but I would doubt that just because it would have been short rest. So right. they, they like him as one of their starters. I mean, he, Thomas Schultz had an opportunity to lock down that role. He didn't do it. I mean, we've barely seen Schultz. He's, he's been lined up to pitch in some long relief and we've seen him in the bullpen warming up a couple of times, but those situations just haven't materialized. So it was pretty clear that little has become that number four guy. And he was the number three guy the week that Leiter missed. And again, that game was played out after an inning. But that just kind of shows you where he stands on the depth chart. And the big challenge for him is he's still playing a little bit of makeup with what he missed during the fall season. And that's when the pitchers, like, really kind of find out who they are, what their strengths are for the season, things like that. I mean, obviously, there's a physical buildup. And there's also weightlifting and conditioning aspects of it that he's catching up on, too. But the type of conversations that he's having with Scott Brown right now are, like, big picture stuff. Whereas right. everybody else on the team, like I'm, it's just little stuff. I mean, it's retooling pitches, it's pitch selection, things like that, like strategy type decisions, but little, I talked to Scott Brown this week and he said within the last month, I mean, we've had conversations discussing his entire approach to the game of baseball wow. and just reevaluating his process, which they consider a week long process from outing to outing with bullpens and conditioning in between things like that. So that's what he lost by not having a fall season and big picture with him. I mean, in two years, he's going to be probably a top five pick in the draft as a junior, mm -hmm. and he could end up being one of the best pitchers to ever play for the team, but you get him in this season. And because he wasn't here in the fall, he's almost like not fully on the team in that sense, in that he's not as available as he should be because he hasn't had the full process and buildup. So I think it was pretty clear to me that he was the number four, but it's a special circumstance and it's going to be crazy to think about that. They didn't really use him as much as they could have this year, but I think that really made sense. So 
don't know. It's interesting because if he isn't here this year, he's probably never here. So yeah. it's a balance between like, do you use this guy who's pitched against eight dudes who are six years or more older than him this season? <laughs> or do you say like, Hey, yeah. like you're, you're not fully there yet. So we'll, we'll work you in. But I, I think they found a good balance. Yeah. Talking about that kind of, there's been a lot of movement in that pitching rotation and kind of a lot of speculation on our part as to who is, you know, three, four, five in that rotation. When push comes to shove and let's say Vanderbilt's going into a game three of a series on the way to Omaha and the Super Regionals, for example, assuming or hoping they make it that far. Do you think Riley is the guy or do you think there's this is a real evaluation of saying that Corbin's trying to evaluate little and kind of some postseason play? Yeah, that would be interesting because once you get to a Super you got a game three and you know, there's no game four. So I think that's a good question. Yeah. And I think, I mean, little's got at least this Wednesday start and then probably also an appearance in the regional, depending on how long it goes to try and prove it a little bit. But I think either way, whoever starts that third game, if it is a super and a sudden death game, that's a short leash. That's a really, really short leash as we've seen with Riley at times this year and other guys in that game three Sunday spot, like, if Maldonado and Murphy haven't thrown, you could see one of the men in the third or the fourth inning. Right. And they'll also manage postseason games, especially postseason elimination games, with a lot more urgency than any regular season games. So, like at Ole Miss, we saw Hunter Owen come in for Pat Riley in that third inning, which turned into a monster inning for Ole Miss instead of yeah. going straight to Murphy or Maldonado. In a postseason game, they probably go straight to one of the two big guns right. in that situation. So I think Little has a couple more starts to try and prove it. But, yeah, regional, it's an interesting time to look at because, like, if Vandy, best-case scenario, wins their first two games and gets to game six of the regional with a chance to eliminate whoever comes back around and still lose once and then come back for game seven, which would be winner-take-all, do you start Riley in that first game? Do you start Little? Mm-hmm. And maybe in the SEC tournament, if they both pitch, and Little performs significantly better, maybe it does flip that order. But I think they do like Riley now, and he's still figuring some stuff out too, but I think he can give them the type of start they need in a situation like that. And again, Vandy may not be facing elimination in that game. So maybe Little gets into the higher pressure situation, and they're almost equal spots at that point, if that makes sense. And I know the SEC tournament hasn't even started yet. Kicking or It just kicked off about 15 minutes ago, I think, but – we're, we're kind of down the rabbit hole here talking about the road to Omaha. Are you buying or selling stock in this Vanderbilt team making a legitimate run uh, in the postseason this year? Here we go. Here we go. Tough question. I think they'll be in a good shape, especially with how the seating could shake out. Um, I think Vandy will be one of the top four national seeds, I hope at least. I mean, maybe the top four are all from the SEC. Who knows where Texas <laughs> slots in there? But um, no, I think Vandy's in good shape right now. It seems like Carter Young could be back as soon as regionals. They don't really know for sure yet, but it seems like there's a chance that he's back in there. And, you know, Rocker and Lighter, Rocker especially, they're going to leave it all on the line. I mean, Rocker has been, with with how great he was the first time around in playoffs, you know he's going to be coming back and saying, hey, this is it. Like, whoever drafts him, especially with the changes in the minors, He's probably not throwing another pitch until maybe October in like instructs Mm -hmm. or fall league or something like that. And not that he's really thinking about that, but like, I mean, this is the end. This is the end of a big era for him. This is an era that he could have skipped if he wanted to and gotten the big money three years ago. But he said he didn't want to skip a step 
and this is his team. I mean, this is this is the Kamar Rocker team. So I think he especially will be kind of the the big force that says this is the time of year that we own. I know a lot of you haven't been here before, but it's just ingrained in the culture of the team right now. And yeah, I, I don't think especially with likelihood being home for regionals and the potential supers. I don't know if there's ever going to be a Vandy team to bet against at this point in this current era of the program. Yeah. yeah what you said about the, uh, you know, the culture of, of winning in the postseason, it really is. And, and, and the young, even the younger guys, um, you get a sense that they understand that. So I want to ask you, Max, you talked about Kumar Rocker there, but Jack Leiter, it seems like, I don't, I could be wrong here, but I think there's more pressure on him. Um, now Rocker has to win that game one in the postseason, obviously to, to hand it over to Leiter, but you know, Leiter, he's sitting there thinking, hey, if I lose, that forces a game three, and, and who knows what happens in game three. So who do you think the, the more of the pressure is on, Leiter or Rocker? I think the only I think the only reason there would be pressure on either, and I think both guys deal with pressure really well, kind of goes without saying, but I, I think the only bit of kind of like almost outside pressure would be the fact that Rocker, or sorry, that Leiter missed a start. And it seems like so far it's been a good decision and he's doing well. And they've been monitoring the pitch count, keeping him right around 90 in the two starts against Ole Miss and Kentucky. But I think that alone is just like almost refreshed him. And I think there's a side of it where you could say, Hey, that's a little more pressure just to say like people are buzzing like Jack Leiter missed a start. Like, is he hurt? And no, he's not hurt. He was just fatigued. And Thank God. even if you didn't believe that at the beginning, it's kind of come back around and just played out to be true. I mean, he hasn't looked injured the last two weeks, that's for sure. So nope. I, I think there could be a little bit of pressure on him almost from the draft perspective because, like, there almost wasn't a knock on him no. from the prospect side until this. And it's like, does missing one start really kill him? Like, no, not at all, as long as he pitches well after that. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think they'll both be okay. I, I wouldn't say pressure. They both deal with pressure well, too, so. Yeah, I feel like when we're talking about a lot of this, we sound like spoiled Alabama football fans, and we don't get that a lot. We don't get that a lot as Vanderbilt fans or, or, or covering Vanderbilt athletics, so um, we'll take it where we can get it. But there, there's there been a lot of talk, whether it's it, a lot on social media fans, message boards, us talking, where it's there's, there's struggles with inconsistency on this team, and it sounds almost dumb to say that when you're talking about a team that's looking at, you know, the number two national seed um, looking forward, but... Do you think if this team did have an Achilles heel that it's going to end up being the inconsistency of the bats that's going to bite them? Or do you think it'll be that pitching and kind of the bullpen inconsistency that we've seen on that end, like it bit them against Kentucky on Saturday? I don't think, I don't think the hitting has really been inconsistent just because they haven't ever, they haven't ever had two games in a row where they didn't hit well enough to win in at least one. And the way I've been looking at this team all year is when it comes down to it, it's just you win two out of three and you win a national championship. That's just the way this postseason is designed. It's like regional, you got to win three, but I mean, you can win two out of three, you can win three out of four, as long as you don't lose two. And then super regionals are two, true two out of three. And then college world series, you play a regional in the bracket and then a super regional in the final. And this team is just built to win two out of three, as much as any team in the recent history right. of college baseball and as much in Vandy history. So I think it would take two just inept offensive games to, to knock them out and shock them. And I mean, the series they lost, 
Georgia, I guess it, those weren't back-to-back games, but they do have did have two bad offensive games against Georgia way back in week four mm-hmm. with a good game Saturday in between with some late runs. I think the final of that game was 5-2. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they didn't score a lot in that series. I think ended up with seven or eight total runs, one, five, and one, I believe. So that was probably their worst offensive series of the year. Florida series, they lost, but they still scored in the games they lost, and pitching was the problem in one of those games. And then Ole Miss, I mean, that Saturday game was a wash. And like I said, they probably managed that game differently if it's a postseason game with the pitching. So, no, I, I think they trimmed down the bullpen just like they did in 2019. So, I think as long as those two things don't hit you at once, and I think the kind of playoff style bullpen management will prevent that from happening because, like, I mean, if they need outs, no matter what juncture of the game it is, like, they're going to Maldonado. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I think they'll look at this postseason. And hopefully Ethan Smith will be back, even if it's just for an inning at a time. But he, he was kind of that, like, third – fringe piece for the bullpen and Hugh Fisher's been very good I think McIlvain's been solid so I think it'll be the same as 19 where it was like when they're winning it went down to just Tyler Brown Jake Eater and a little bit of Zach King basically down the stretch with Brown picking up tons of multi-inning outings so I think it'll be that this year with Maldonado doing the multi-inning role Murphy coming in for an inning or two at a time either before or after Maldonado and then you mix in McIlvain, Fisher for some lefties, and then if he's healthy, Smith. So I think that kind of addresses the bullpen problem. And then you have a host of other guys for games where you're trailing or just need some early innings here or there. But I think the meaningful innings will go to the best pitchers. And I think I think as long as the backs don't have two games in a row where they're struggling, which, again, I don't think we saw much of this year, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, they should be fine. And, and another guy that we hope is fine and we hope we'll see on Wednesday night in Hoover is Troy If You mentioned Carter Young and Ethan Smith. You know, we'll likely see Carter Young, um, you know, hopefully in the regional, uh, maybe super regional day to day there. But Troy Laneve, I want to ask you about him, Max. This is a guy that kind of burst onto the scene in a way that hasn't happened in a while for a Vandy player, a guy, one single player. Now, you've seen a couple guys, you know, uh, work in in the postseason and get some big hits, but this guy, has really burst on. Have you seen a, a Vandy player like him, you know, have a run like this? And, and uh, I mean, having a walk off as a young kid like that to crush one in the, in the left center. I mean, that was, that was a, quite the way to end it Thursday night. So, so what have you seen from, from Laniv and his ability to just step up? Yeah. I'm just so happy for Troy, honestly, because I got to know Troy pretty well last year. He's from Pittsburgh. I'm also right. from Pittsburgh. So I sought him out pretty early, met his family at the banquet, uh, really enjoy getting to know them. And he played in two games last year. He hit two times. He struck out once. He got hit by pitch. And he played two games in the field. And my fun fact the entire offseason was he caught the fly ball in the game on March 11th last year against Toledo to end the game when he was playing left field. Ah. And that ended up being the last game of the season. So the fun fact was Troy Laniv is one of three Vandy boys to catch the final out of the season in the Tim Corbin era. The other two were Carl Ellison <laughs> for the national championship. And Pat DeMarco. That's hilarious. I'm That's great. That one away. That one. <laughs> so, uh, a, a little bit less on the line leading Toledo by nine runs <laughs> on a Wednesday in March. But uh, That's awesome. Yeah, I, I thought back against Georgia when Isaiah Thomas was out, maybe there was another injury in there too. I think, yeah, Cooper Davis had just gotten hurt also. So Thomas and Davis were both out. They were missing both of the corner guys. So Bolger went into left field and they put Cal Hewitt out in right field for the first two games and Javi Vaz in for the third game. 
So that week when right field was open, they made the conscious decision to go defense over offense, which is fine. And I mean, that's the decision I would expect them to make defense first is usually how Tim Corbin operates, especially when you're either way, they're going to be starting somebody who'd never started a game before, but this time around when Thomas was out and it was only a minor injury that he hurt in the Louisville game, like nobody really knew coming into that series that he was out. I was there. He didn't take batting practice. Like it was obvious that something was wrong. And then Leneve's out there in the starter spot and in the starting lineup. And I was just so happy that they went offense at that point because that time of year, they had been struggling to hit the last week. They didn't hit well against Louisville. They hadn't hit well the weekend before that against Florida. So I thought it was a great move to go offense. And he did exactly what he's supposed to do. I mean, he's a he's a hard line drive hitter with some power that we really saw come out. And it's it's something that he's honed. I mean, his pitch selection has gotten better and we don't really have a way to prove it other than like his practice at bats and things like that. But he says he's gotten way better at laying off breaking balls. We saw a lot of that as well. But the fact that they were using him in little spots along the way was really reassuring for me as just someone who was rooting to see him play. Like he hit a home run against Oklahoma state when they were up 12 or whatever it was. So mm -hmm. that was a big Homer. And that's the type of thing that pushes you into a late game role. The next game he pinch hit in the ninth inning against South Carolina, the following week, and I think he went eight or nine pitches deep, made an out, but still a good impression. And they were kind of spotting him into SEC games here and there and then finally found his chance. I mean, it's been unbelievable. And who would have thought that, like, a Troy Laneve injury would be decimating the fan base's <laughs> right. hopes for the baseball postseason? Like, that's my, like, crazy haze dream. But here that we are. That was a killer. So. That, that was a killer. To see him, you know, not be able to handle that one and left and then go down. That was just kind of a, a weight lifted or not even lifted. That was a weight on the Vandy boys. But um, I think Will's got a little SEC tourney uh, question here. Yeah, we kind of we kind of glazed over this SEC tournament that's <laughs> happening right now. I think Alabama, South Carolina is about to have their first pitch there. Um, the winner of that one mm -hmm. plays uh, Tennessee in the second round. So keep an eye on that one throughout the, throughout today. And then uh, Auburn and Ole Miss tonight. Vandy takes on the winner of that matchup. But uh, Max, do you have a, a team or a dark horse that's playing in this first round that you could see making a run in this tournament? And then I do want to get your prediction on who wins it, wins it down there in Hoover. A dark horse for the first round. Um, I kind of like South Carolina. Um, who would they, would they have? They would have Tennessee tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's a good matchup for South Carolina. Um, I like South Carolina. I like South Carolina a lot. I like their lineup. Um, and their pitching is kind of like when it gets all hands on deck enough, they can go deep in a format like this. So I like South Carolina out of the day one teams. Um, I really hope Auburn wins tonight over Ole Miss just to keep them going. Uh, we've That'd seen be Ole Miss hilarious. Lately. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, the moment the bracket got solidified, it's like, whoa, Vandy, Arkansas could be early. And it could happen twice too. So, I mean, I, even if they don't, if Vandy and Arkansas have the same result, even if they both lose, it's Kamar Rocker pitching against Arkansas on Thursday. And probably so, uh, Wicklander, right? Because they'd probably save him. Right. I mean, yeah. Wicklander so, versus Rocker. I mean, who, who affiliated with any team in this, like, isn't rooting for that? Oh, so, I have, I mean, I have some friends that are going down. I have some yeah, friends that are going down just for that matchup. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, they yeah. should. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think Vandy has anything left to prove this week. Obviously, Arkansas doesn't either. Um, but I think I think these two teams think they're going to play down the road too. So 
that would be really, really fun. Um, and I mean, it was, it would probably, it's the, it would be the late game tomorrow. So it'd probably start at like 10. 11 at night. So, <laughs> we'll get, um, we'll get down I, at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, as long as we can see Rocker pitch against Arkansas, I don't care what time it is. Yeah. So. Who cares? It could be 3 a.m. and everybody, a lot of people would still be up. But Max, real quick before we end it, uh, really quick, does Carter Young play in the regional? I mean, I'll go yes. I'll go optimistic. Um, there we go. He, he, he didn't have surgery. I mean, it, it wasn't the worst case scenario. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I he's the type of guy who wants to be out there no matter what. Never missed a game before. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's Carter Young. Yeah, you know it's, he it's, it's, he's, he's the man. He's, he's got, what, 16, 17 home runs, and Vandy could definitely use, uh, use him in the postseason if they can. So, uh, we know Corbs definitely wants him. Max, thanks again, my man. I know you, you won't wait, be Billy, over, before but... we end it, before we end it, I don't want to let him get it off easy. Oh, he, did, he didn't give a winner down there. I want, want him to call oh, a shot. Max, Max, Max who's, uh, win, who's winning the SEC tournament down in Hoover. Oh God. You're asking me to predict like 28 <laughs> games at once. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's easy. Just call your shot. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll go, I'll go Vandy. I'll go, I'll go home. <laughs> shocker there from max predicts the vanny boys to win it all in hoover max enjoy the weekend enjoy all the college baseball coming up and thanks for coming on again yeah of course guys thanks well that does it for episode 86 of the door report powered by alaco fine wood floors huge thanks to today's special guest max hers the play-by-play broadcaster for vanderbilt baseball on espn plus he's been doing a tremendous job all season long on deck postseason baseball at the SEC tournament in Hoover. Have an enjoyable weekend and have fun watching all the baseball coming up this week. You've been listening to episode 86 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors.